I love hearing about just in general, like business, food, all of the things. Like I love hearing people's journeys of how did they make it? What was their journey like? I think Mm -hmm. that's really impactful. And I think why I was telling you, like when I'm listening to a podcast, I want to like, I want to learn something. I Mm -hmm. want to hear about your journey. What made you successful? What made you different? Um, to Getting get up to the place where <laughs> fingers crossed one day, <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be my journey one day. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Between the Soup, the show where friends become closer friends and the show where I talk to people about ideas and experience that is unique to them. I'm your host, Gilbert, and today we are joined by Kit Kolasar. Kit graduated from Arizona State University with a degree in supply chain management and marketing and currently works as a project lead for Carvana. On the side, Kit is a semi-pro baker and a fitness enthusiast who continues to learn and grow where she can. In this episode, I will primarily be asking Kit about her ideas surrounding personal growth through challenge and how baking and fitness have facilitated that mindset. Uh, Like I said earlier, it's been a a long time since I've physically seen you, but I'm glad that you were able to come by and reconnect. So uh, welcome to Batuna Soup. Thanks, Gilbert. (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Um, What was I saying? Uh, Oh, yeah. So currently I work as a marketing analyst for Peloton. And I so my day to day is just like looking at email email performance that from campaigns that go out every week um, and measuring the KPIs either through Excel, SQL, um, or building dashboards in Looker. And that's been... You're speaking my language, <laughs> kind of. My former language. I know just enough to be yeah, dangerous. because <laughs> I, I knew that, uh, like, you, you've been at Carvana for a while, and weren't mm-hmm. you in, like, sort of, like, an analytics role? Yeah, so I'll back up a little bit, too, since you shared since your kind of graduation journey. Um So after college, I graduated with a supply chain and a marketing Mm. double major um, from ASU also. I got a job at Dell in Nashville as a supply chain analyst. Um, So I moved out there right after college. um, First time I've ever lived away from home. Um, And I was super, super excited. And within about two months, I knew I was not going to stay past a year. Um, At Dell or in Nashville? At Dell. Nashville is a very fun, very cool place to live. I really like that. And um, Ryan and I have both said if we both had better jobs, we would have stayed there longer. Um, But it just wasn't for me. Like the culture was a lot older. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. I was the only woman on my team. I worked uh, 20 oh, minutes Dell. out. Okay. Yeah. At <laughs> okay. Dell, at Dell. Sorry. Um, I worked 20 minutes outside of the city that I had to drive every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was, I was the youngest person on the team by about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it was very hard to relate. Um, it just wasn't the social cultural thing that I was looking for. Um, so I knew I wanted to come home and I knew a few people who worked at Carvana And I was like, that is the exact opposite of the culture at Dell. It is young. It's cool. And I could probably do the same job that I'm doing here, there. Mm -hmm. So I applied for a data analyst role um, and I got it. And I moved home in July, started my job three days later. 
and um, loved the culture, was not a good fit for data analytics. I strongly believe that I should have been fired, and I am very grateful that I was not. Um, and I'm very grateful for some amazing bosses that helped redirect me. I definitely toughed it out for as long as I could. And I think one day I just like the straw that broke the camel's back. I was working over vacation. Like we had gone to California for 4th of July or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was working while everyone was out at the beach and I was just like, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this. My brain doesn't work this way. Mm-hmm. It's so much effort to try and get like a minimum viable product out. Um, I don't want to do this. And on Monday I walked into the office. I was there kind of early. And the second my boss walked through the door, I was walking up to her like on the verge of tears. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, can you, uh, talk really quick and she was just like oh my gosh like Mm -hmm. whoa 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 it's like not even eight o'clock yet and we're Mm -hmm. dealing with this um and i was really really fortunate she was new ish to the company um she had worked for the parent company of carvana uh drive time so she was familiar with carvana and all the things and she was so supportive and so sweet to me and um helped me find an opportunity within the company to redirect my skill set, which we had already been talking about. Like I'm kind of interested in moving into something else like project management. I really love the people side of things and helping them meet their goals, but the analytics side is just not for me. Um, And she helped me get to a new role. What was, what was challenging about the analytics part? My brain just doesn't work that way. I love data and everything that you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to build the tables in SQL. I don't <laughs> want to write the code anymore. I don't want to build the dashboard because my brain just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So it's so much more work for me to do that. Gotcha. Um, and I'm a perfectionist. So mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to put something out that I didn't feel like a hundred percent certain was exactly right. And mm-hmm. Like, that's not the kind of company that Carvana is. Like, we need to go fast. So, Mm. gotcha. Yeah. I I definitely, I feel that way too sometimes. And it's, it's funny that you're mentioning that. Like, why am I putting so much effort into making, you know, this thing look a certain way? Like, I've, I think about that constantly. And like, I think maybe it was like a month or two ago, I had like this thought where, like, you know, I was making a presentation. So, like, every month I present to like our, our team about like the metrics for the past month. Uh, and I'm putting together this slide and I'm like, you know, staying up late and like putting this together and I feel like stressed out and I've like, I took a step back and I was just like stress about the slide. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Let I'm me like, do your slide. <laughs> I'm a pro. I'm, I'm a just, pro at decks. Well, oh, it's, it's not like this. It's, it wasn't like the, like, you know, compiling the slide. It was just the idea of it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just getting so worked up and stressed out over a power, like a PowerPoint, like if I take a step back and like look at just like life as like a, a whole, like if I, you know, if I wasn't at this company, this wouldn't be anything that would be on my radar to worry mm-hmm. about. So like, you know, just like do your best, put your best foot forward and, and, you know, leave your, your work at the door as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, because being stressed out over a PowerPoint is not just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really cool that you, uh, had like sort of the same experience. 
Um, but you're liking project management now? Yeah, that was definitely the right shift for me being, um, my dad has always said that I, since I was a kid have always, his saying is there's a place for everything and everything in its place. And that is how I've been my entire life. I'm Mm. very organized. I'm kind of slow to warm up. Like I'm an observer. I want to get a sense for what's going on before I dive into things. So it helps make me very prepared for situations. I'm always prepared. I always have like seven snacks in my purse. (laughs) I have a plan for how are we going to move forward with whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just an use of my natural disposition and my natural skill set. So it's not a far reach. Of course, there's like technical things, um, related to the role that you will have to learn and pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a much easier transition for me because it was already something I was good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you been in, in that role? So I've been in various levels of this role since I made that transition out of data analytics. So, um, three and a half years, I just in July was my four year carbon anniversary, nice. as we call it, Congratulations. um, which feels crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, a long time and a short time all at once, but I've been doing project management for just over three years. So what is your, what is your actual like day to day look like? Oh my gosh. Every day is different, which feels cliche to say. Um, I now have a team of three. So I also have to manage myself and the projects that I'm working on, as well as making sure my team feels supported. Mm -hmm. Um, I really try to trust, like give them this project and they're going to take care of it. Like I'm not going to have to worry about it again. Um, with my first team that turned over, I didn't have the same faith that I do now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it was a lot harder. Like I was, I started as their peer, they were hired onto my team and then I got promoted. So Mm. it was a, a different kind of transition. Yeah. Um, and not that I didn't trust them as people or like them as people, but it was a weird transition period for me. And now I feel a lot more confident in my role and being able to share my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I would say that only happened in the last like five or six months that I'm like, I got this. Like I know how to handle this situation. I don't really need to mm-hmm. ask permission as much because I'm definitely more of the mm-hmm. ask permission over forgiveness type gotcha. of person. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, this is so cool. Like, yeah, I think everything that you've, you've said so far, like, it's been like a light bulb was like, Oh, that reminded me of this. That's why I keep writing little things down. So like, um, on a separate podcast I had over, um, one of, uh, my friends that I used to be in the Marines with. And so like a few weeks ago, we were, maybe it was like a couple months ago now (laughs) that I'm thinking about it, but, uh, we were talking about like the leadership thing and how like important it is to like, like it's definitely hard to, to just trust whoever is underneath you to get the job done because, you know, you also are answering for someone above you. Mm -hmm. And if the people below you don't get that done, then it's like, it's sort of like a reflection of you. Uh, but that particular friend was saying that like, it's still like, that's, it's just like a, a hard thing to get over, but like it comes with like practice. And also like, if you were to be involved with, um, 
with like the, the three people that you are working with or the, who are underneath you and, and you're constantly like trying to do more on their behalf, I guess, then you're also sort of robbing them of, of mm-hmm. gaining their own experience and figuring this stuff out and being able to, to actually fulfill the, their role and on the team. For sure. And that's something that I have to work really, really hard at actually, because I know that I know I can get it done. I've done all of this for years before mm-hmm. I had a team. It was just me doing seven, eight projects at a time. Mm-hmm. So I know how to do it. I, but I want them to feel confident and empowered in their role and being able to learn so that they can get to where they want to be in their career, whether mm-hmm. it's in project management or not. Um, so I'm very cognizant of my desire to take over things. And I'm like, I need you to tell me when you need support (laughs) from me because I will take over. I know myself Mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that. So, um, but having a team has been the best part of this journey so far. Like I Mm -hmm. love the people development side, um, and the boss that actually helped me transition to project management had a really um, cool presentation in a leadership program that I was doing through Carvana. And it, the topic that she was speaking on was moral authority within your team. So not just being the boss, but being a mentor and someone that they can come to. So really that like leader over manager type dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that I really took to heart and I feel very passionate about is like, I don't, care what like your trajectory is where you want to be in your career like I want to help you get there whatever that looks like so however Mm -hmm. I can help you learn and develop while you're here with me I want to do that for you Mm -hmm. so I focus a lot on that piece of their individual journey too that's dope yeah I was gonna ask like so we've been talking about like some of the things that you're that have been like challenges for you or like things that you might like struggle with Mm -hmm. but like and I was gonna ask like conversely what are some of the things that you think that you're, that you're good at or like improving on? And it sounds like that's a, that's a big part of it. Basically I'm thinking through my, um, annual self-reflection that I need to turn in <laughs> next week. Um, right now. So if I can just turn in this podcast, after, that <laughs> you would be should. great. That'd be really unique. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be my s- boss would love that. That I think you should, I mean, I'm, I'd be down. I'm just cut this a little slice of, of the, the audio for you. Um, how did you and uh, Ryan meet? How did Ryan and I meet? So today is our six-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So and you're spending fun. it with your boy Gbert. Yep, <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> he is on a work assignment. Um, he has about two weeks left out of three months, so I'm super excited for him to come home. Um, but we met through a mutual friend, Nate Moreno, cool. um, who we also know from high school. Mm-hmm. We went to, he went to Brophy with you and. I knew him. We became close friends at ASU and he and Ryan were roommates at a program in Washington, DC in during ASU. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan was dating someone at the time. I was not even, he wasn't on my radar. I wasn't on his radar at all. Um, they came home. I think it was a semester long program and Ryan was single and I met him on the Dean's patio at WP Carey. <laughs> um, I said something snarky and it made him laugh. And he remembers that. I don't remember it quite as much. Um, 
he added my roommate on Facebook and I was like, Oh, he's cute. Should I tell Nate to invite him to a Halloween party? (laughs) Um, and my friends were like, Oh yeah, you should totally. And so I texted Nate. I was like, you should invite Ryan to this Halloween party. Um, I think he's cute, whatever. So I don't know how he sold it (laughs) to Ryan. Um, but we met at the boy's house prior to, um, the Halloween party to pregame and do all that. Every single person that was there knew we were meeting for the first time. So when I showed up with my friends, everyone just kind of like watched us and watched how we interacted. (laughs) And it was so awkward. Um, but it all worked out in the end. So basically Nate is like the best wingman of all time. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And like six months into dating, Ryan moved to Nashville with me, moved back. Here we are six years later. So you guys live together, I'm assuming. I just moved in in March. So he lived at home most of college, Mm -hmm. um, except for freshman year. So he never really lived with friends or anything like that. He moved from home to Nashville with me. He actually moved home from Nashville early, earlier than I did, Mm -hmm. um, for a job and lived at home to figure things out. I moved back. I lived at home for a hot sec, got an apartment. Then he wanted to live with friends because he never really got that experience. And I was like being the amazing, cool girlfriend that I am, which he, (laughs) he will, validate that. Um, I'm the best. And, (laughs) um, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like go do that. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so he did that for a couple of years and then I lived with my cousin for a couple of years and now we finally had our timelines meet up and I moved in and that was an incredibly long, boring, um, walkthrough of Not how we landed no, I think at it's, it. <laughs> it's good to have context because I, I was essentially going to ask you like uh, th- this is another question I was asking um, Taylor last episode because uh, she lives with her boyfriend uh, and I think it's interesting to hear how people's like cohabitation is like <laughs> like where, where the compromises in that like if it oh, pisses yes. you off or if <laughs> um, <laughs> Ryan says he's type A Mm-hmm. Um, until I'm there and I'm like a triple a and then typer. A. Yeah. So I have very specific things. There's a place for everything and everything in its place. Mm-hmm. Um, in the chef world and culinary world, they call it mise en place. Like everything mm-hmm. has its place and you line it up and that's where it goes. Um, loading the dishwasher where things go. Yeah, absolutely. This is like a very hot topic with a lot of people. If you want to cause a little like fun, controversial discussion with like some friends, how do you look? What's the right way to load the dishwasher? Mm -hmm. There is a right way, I think, (laughs) but I was going to ask you, so didn't, do you have uh, strong feelings with like putting the silverware up or down? I think it goes up. I think fork tines go up, but then I can also see the opposite side where like, then you're touching the tops of the forks when you're taking them out. But I, I always, so I didn't grow up with a dishwasher. So I always wash them by hand, but Ryan puts them down. I don't, I'm like, this Mm. is not the fight. This is not the hill that I need (laughs) to die on. 
Um, sometimes I do reorganize it. Sometimes I challenge myself to just let it be. What's, what's Kit's philosophy then on loading the dishwasher? I believe that you should load it back to front so that when you're opening it, you don't have to open the whole drawer every single time that you have to put something in it because why would you waste all that energy pulling the drawer all the way out? And they're like, like dishes should be together. Plates, all the plates should line up so they fit together. Basically, the pattern I've noticed for myself and my habits and what I try to force on others, unfortunately, is efficiency. Like, how do we maximize the space? How do we maximize the process um, to make it easiest for ourselves in the future? Mm -hmm. So that's what I think about when I'm loading the dishwasher. Okay. We're getting a little off topic from yes. the, well, no, from the, the, the original question of like the Ryan thing, but I still have two follow-up questions yeah. to that. So the, the first one is, uh, do you, <laughs> and please don't take this the wrong way either, but, uh, how, do you, or have you ever gone to therapy? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm like, I love therapy. Okay. I've done a lot of personal work because I developed a pretty significant anxiety issue oh. in Nashville and then into my role mm-hmm. as an analyst at Carvana because mm-hmm. I was just so stressed by not being perfect. Gotcha. <laughs> do you guys, so do you still go to therapy? I essentially graduated from okay. therapy. I did a, a lot, like a lot, a lot of work mm-hmm. over the course of three years um, to get to a place and build like a toolkit essentially mm-hmm. to know how to navigate situations. I still go at least once a quarter um, because I think it's good to just refresh, check in, like mm-hmm. what are you dealing with in life right now? Is there anything I can support you with? That kind of stuff. I agree. Um, but I feel pretty good in my toolkit now and how to navigate a lot of the situations that I'm currently facing. Nice. Yeah. The reason why I'm asking is because like I also went to therapy and we kind of touched on, actually, I don't even know if we did really touch on like the perfectionist stuff because like a lot of the things that you're saying, like I'm the exact same way, uh, especially so, and this goes back to like the uh, original question, like how does like cohabitating with a, a partner, like either fit or not fit you. I do actually really like things like a certain, like a very certain way Mm -hmm. and having someone like infringe on that is like, which just annoy the shit out of me. It does annoy (laughs) the shit out of me. Honestly, like I have had to work really, really hard at it. And like with him being gone the last almost three months now, I'm already thinking about how do I readjust to Mm -hmm. having someone in my space again and sharing my space because I'm very, um, routine driven. I like things the way I like them. I do things at the same time. Like I'm very good at process and task things. Mm -hmm. Um, so allowing someone to (laughs) disrupt that, (laughs) it's it's actually something that I worked a lot on in therapy and I, it's, I mean, it's an everyday thing, Mm -hmm. but my therapist was like, we need to put you in some situations where, you can safely fail where you can safely be disruptive, like, uh, or disrupted, um, from the plan that you have, because I always have a plan. I always think about like, how am I going to deal with whatever? Um, and she's like, have Ryan plan a day where, you know, like 
what you need to wear. So you're comfortable, but you don't know anything else there. That's really hard for me. Mm -hmm. Um, we haven't done that yet, but (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, so going back to like the therapy thing Mm -hmm. and the perfectionist part, I was saying that like, yeah, I think that's something that like I, I may or may not have like worked on because like I'm trying to get to a a part where like, I I suppose it comes down to like questioning, like, why do I care about this thing being in a certain place? And if, you know, if I don't really have a, an answer for it or like a really like legitimate answer, that's like, you know, is, is, you know, uh, like I'm looking, I keep looking at these boxes right here because Mm -hmm. like, you know, the Catan is flushed with a pandemic, at least from where I'm, where I'm at. Uh, And is that actually bothering me now that like the, they're facing this way instead of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the barcode is showing. Um, (laughs) I do that too with like things in my pantry. Like I don't want to see the nutrition facts. I Mm -hmm. just want to see the other pretty side. Oh, mine's the exact same way right Um, now. (laughs) But I, I totally get that. And I've really challenged myself, like actively think it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Going back to the dishwasher thing. It doesn't matter at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. It really doesn't. It's just the way I like it. Right. And if I want to be happy in this relationship, since we were talking about that, Mm -hmm. I need to compromise a bit. Um, And I think that's part of life is just challenging yourself to think about things differently Mm -hmm. and push yourself into slightly uncomfortable situations to uncomfortable. But I mean, putting the dishwasher in a different way is okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've actually been practicing loading it in a, a uniform way. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because like after you you said that like like because the way that you explained it logically makes sense like yeah if you put if you start at the back then you don't have to keep opening it all the way uh so now i'm thinking about it, i'm like oh, have i been just doing this wrong all the entire time okay so you were we were talking about um kind of therapy and like pushing yourself or challenging yourself um another sort of follow-up question i had to like the therapy thing and um, talking about perfectionism that I'm curious about. Do you feel like you spend more time planning for things or planning for be efficient than actually doing the thing that you're planning for? Yes and no. I think it depends what it is. If you would have asked me this probably a year or two ago, for sure, Mm -hmm. for sure. But I think I've gotten to the point I think it's one of those things that happens to a lot of people as you start getting older, which I mean, oh my gosh, we're about to be 28. uh, So old. Um, I mean, I am 28. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm about to be 28 in December, but um, (laughs) I'm starting to get to the like, fuck it, who cares Mm -hmm. um, era, which would take that with a grain of salt. It's still, it's still me. And I still care a lot about what people think, Mm -hmm. but I'm noticing myself caring less Mm -hmm. and my perfectionism care comes from what other people think, not what I think. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've kind of been working on. And so I actively challenge myself to just like put the plan on paper or whatever, and then go Mm -hmm. um, and try and spend less time thinking about it. It's tough because I'm in a job where it's an occupational hazard Mm to plan and think about the risk and think about how do we avoid that? So mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time planning that allows for things to go smoother when you're actually implementing things. And mm-hmm. that is knowledge and right. information that I take with me in my life too. So 
um, I try to move a little quicker in my life. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I was just curious, or do you feel like um, you put like a lot on your like personal plate too? Yes. <laughs> I do. I am one of those people that likes to be busy um, because if I, if I give myself enough time, I will spin. I'll spin my wheels in my head and I tend to be a catastrophizer. Mm -hmm. So I will go to worst case scenarios of everything and just totally make up a story that does not exist at mm -hmm. all um, and worry about it. I've gotten a lot better through my therapy journey at lessening that and figuring out or creating enough space, like a millisecond of space between thoughts to recognize, okay, this is just like the pattern that is happening right now mm -hmm. to separate myself from it mm -hmm. and kind of derail the pattern a little bit and start focusing on something else. Cause I'm, so, a, I'm a fixator. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm just, the reason why I'm asking is because like, like I said, like the, the way that you're describing things, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way. Relatable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Especially with like the, if, the feeling like I definitely feel like I plan for pull well, one, put too much on my plate. And then also uh, when I try to like systematically figure out like, okay, how do I actually like solve whatever problems I spend too much time, like hashing out every single step. Mm -hmm. uh, but while I'm doing that, it's like, I could have actually done like two or three of these yeah. while I was just like planning for it. Yeah. Um, so that's which, why I try and like time myself sometimes to like, yeah. okay, you have five minutes to figure out a plan and then we're just going to go and we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Does that always happen? <laughs> no. But right. like we were talking about before we got on, um, having booked immediately was a big thing for me mm -hmm. because I pre-book myself. Like I'll show you my calendar once we're done here. <laughs> With so many different groups of friends, which I'm super grateful for, mm -hmm. not a lot of them overlap. So I am like booked into December for my weekend time, mm -hmm. which I also commit to spending time at the coffee shop baking mm -hmm. and doing something that I love, which limits my social time because I need to go to bed early because I'm going to have a baker's shift and I start at 3 a.m. So I Jeez. wake up at 2 um, so I am very regimented in planning and filling my plate up. Okay. Well, I mean, I think this kind of segues into like the, the, I mean, we've been talking for almost an hour already, but the, Lots the bulk, of cutting. yeah, the, no, <laughs> this has been great. I think that, but the bulk of like what I wanted to ask you kind of like centers around, um, what you put in the survey, like about having like a growth mindset and like challenging yourself, because I think, uh, based on what we've uh, already talked about with like your your career and with therapy, um, it sort of seems like you know it's been a journey to sort of like adapt that kind of mindset and mm -hmm. and put it forward in your to day to day life. And so I'm really curious about that in under the lens of like your involvement with baking too. So you yeah. said that you you work at a coffee shop and start at fucking 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. People um, think that's crazy. It, uh, I think it's crazy. But um, once you're like regimented enough, mm -hmm. um, it's not that bad. I work out three days a week mm -hmm. at 630. So I have to get up at 
five or five thirty. I think I think this episode is just Kit is built different. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's easy for me once I commit to something, and the big kicker is like when I know someone else is relying on me. Mm. I do not motivate for just myself great, very yeah. well. Um, like I will not get up at 5.30 or 6 to go work out by the, by myself at mm-hmm. the gym. But I have a trainer who's waiting for me and he would never ever make me feel bad for canceling or rescheduling. He might pull my leg a little bit, but... I don't want to disappoint him. Like that's kind of like the underlying theme is like mm-hmm. when I'm committed to someone else. And I think this is for everybody. Like we don't yeah. want to disappoint other people and I'll take that. Like whatever I need to do to get it myself there, mm-hmm. I'll do it. Got- um, gotcha. But yeah, so I think like being regimented and committed to the 3am start time. Yeah. Um, the 3 a.m. Tar- start time is tricky and people don't get it. And I bow out of social events early so mm-hmm. I can go to bed and get just enough sleep. <laughs> That's um, also the mark of like you getting older. Mm-hmm. I was actually telling my boss, um, uh, was it today, yesterday? So we had a meeting and, and they were asking me what I was doing over the weekend. Uh, and I said, like, my sister's having a, a Halloween party tonight and other friends are having a Halloween party party tomorrow but i'm also like I'm, I'm getting to the point where it's like staying up i can't past, do that anymore 10 or 11 is just like that doesn't sound fun i was out with nate and our friends last night just catching up because i haven't seen him or them really in a few months mm-hmm. at least and we were close to my apartment we were downtown um i was i got home probably around like 10 30 and i was wiped out i was so (laughs) exhausted and i slept until like 7 30 this morning Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and that's way past my normal time so yeah um, that isn't that wild that like at some point like probably when the last time that we saw each other we like we'd be starting at 10 yeah but that always blame covid just a little bit because i do think that took a couple years away of Mm -hmm. normal socializing patterns for our age group like what we were like 25 when that started Mm -hmm. so prime socializing going out age where you're far enough from college but still close enough that like going out later is not a big deal True, yeah but we got settled in our lives and now that's a much harder adjustment Mm -hmm. to make in the opposite direction that's a fantastic easier to stay in our current routine like this is what i'm used to same thing with the dishwasher like it's <laughs> this is what i know mm-hmm. it's easier for me to do it this way i don't have to think about it it's the habits that you've built exactly um and that ties into the challenging myself kind of thing like mm. i know that i rely on my habits and i personally think i'm lazy i think i'm lazy so i need someone to push me me too and I try since high school, honestly, I know I tend to be more reserved. I don't motivate well. So I put myself in positions where I challenge myself in those directions. Like I'm going to work out three days a week. I'm going to get up at 2 a.m. to go do something that I love and learn to get better at it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's a fantastic point that you brought up about like, you know, the adjusting for COVID that like yeah. totally affected uh, socializing and oh, we're still talking about baking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did how did you get in, involved in that? Um, was it something that like you had previous experience in or like what was sort of like the tipping point to actually like wanting to work in a specific shop? It sounds like. So I got involved at Lux. Lux, Lux is the coffee shop. It's right across the street from Love Central, Lux. Brophy, yeah. all the good stuff. Um, my dad has been going there for ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and his best friend meet there at least once a week um, to have coffee, catch up, talk about life. So my dad is a very social guy. Um, he works off of connections, so he talks to literally everybody. Um and so he got to know the owners pretty well. And I don't know exactly how it first came up, but essentially he had mentioned, oh, like Kit loves to bake. Um, and they were like, we'd love to have her if she wants to pick up a couple shifts. And I I have a full-time job, so mm-hmm. I can only do that on the weekend. So I went in and I tried it. And this was probably a couple of years ago when I first did that right after COVID was starting to like mellow out a little bit. Um, so I got into that. I got to know, um, the people who work there, the owners, all of that. And I, I love it. It's great. It was really hard for me to adjust, um, back into normal life after being awake Mm -hmm. at 2 AM. Um, (laughs) I didn't quite figure it out while I was doing it. And I did that for a few, several months once a week um on Sundays and I still do it once a week on Sundays now I took a year and a half off Mm -hmm. probably um and I got back into it they they were like hey do you want to come back and it was kind of just like an open question and I was like you know what yeah I just finished um I finished a eight week baking class at SCC Mm -hmm. which I took because I I love food and I want eventually to have a career in the culinary world. I don't necessarily want to be in the kitchen forever. I want to run the business and that's mm-hmm. my goal. Like I would love to be a restaurateur, um, but I have a very um, servant leadership mindset of like, I'm not going to ask you to do Mm -hmm. something that I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be perfect at it forever, but I need to know how to do it Mm -hmm. so that one, you respect me as a leader that like I can do it, then you can do it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but you also know that I know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe it's a little bit of like, you can't take advantage of me, that kind of thing where I'm trying to protect myself. But I also just think it's so interesting. Um, I myself don't necessarily, I don't have a sweet tooth really. So I being the nerd that I am, I love the process. I love the actual making of things and the more complicated, the better. I love following all the steps and experimenting with different techniques and different ingredients and stuff like that. And this is the thing that I could talk about 
forever, basically. I mean, that's good. I mean, we still have a lot of time. Great. Uh, and I have a bazillion questions too. Amazing. So it sounds like that you were, um, or always have been like involved in baking in some, some sort of degree. Do you have any, like, I guess, uh, older memories about like when you first started or. Absolutely. <laughs> I do. Um, so going way, way, way back, um, I have always, my favorite activity at home for like playtime, even as a kid was let's just make experiments in the kitchen. Let's take flour and salt and all of the random spices that you never, ever use. Like let's make an experiment basically. And I think that is some of my earliest memories of being in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, both of my parents cooked. So I always had that great example of, family gathering like we cook together we well not necessarily together but we ate dinner together every single night and I saw both of my parents cooking but I think the first like significant memories I have I was probably around like 12 or 13 and I loved Paula Dean at the time I loved watching Food Network and that was one of the first cookbooks that I got and I made fettuccine alfredo for my family mm-hmm. From what I recall, it was a little too lemony, but um, <laughs> it all worked out. And I made a lemon meringue pie for my dad for his birthday. But yeah, I think my my first memory of truly baking beyond a basic chocolate chip cookie or whatever that I find is like the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a lemon meringue pie for my dad's birthday, which is one of his favorites when I was probably 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my foray, my stepping stone into, I love to do this and it makes people happy too. With the, with the Lux thing that you said that your, your dad knew the, the owners and the people and they said that they wanted, uh, or that you were able to, to work there for a couple shifts if you wanted, what sort of like changed your mind of like going into that knowing that you had, like you had a full-time job. So, so like if I were to get an offer to work at someplace part-time, uh, I wouldn't necessarily be like, okay, yeah, that's something that you're not jumping at it. Yeah. That's not something that I can, you can completely fit into your schedule. Uh, so what was like, you know, the motivating factor for you there and like wanting to move forward with it? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, one, it's an opportunity to practice something on like, we'll call it a commercial scale that I, I can't practice in my kitchen Mm -hmm. Um, using equipment that I don't have using ingredients that I don't have. Like having everything set up right there is a game changer Um, and it's totally different than home baking, which I still do quite a lot of, but um, it's giving me the opportunity to learn from people who do this professionally. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to learn things on my own. I pretty much have pretty much winged my whole career. Like I've just learned it hands on. Mm -hmm. I haven't had any formal training. And I think that's honestly a way that I learn best. I love learning the technical side of things and having formal training makes me feel more confident in what I know, but actually doing it and having the repetition feels better somehow Mm -hmm. or it, it just feels different. Um, so I'm learning a skill set and practicing a skill set that I can use in my future and what I want for myself in the future, which is having my own bake right. shop, co- coffee shop, 
restaurant, whatever. Yeah. So I think that's really what I've been interested in. And I think the biggest thing for me is I'm a nerd. I love to learn and I am not shy about it. Um, I think I get it from my dad a little bit. He gets nerding out Mm -hmm. um, about things that excite him too. So I'm really excited to tell anyone who will listen. (laughs) So thank you for this platform. Absolutely. Um, One, I think it's really brave to like be able to try new things and like follow your curiosity and learn what you can about a situation. And two, I think that's kind of what I'm doing too, is like I'm piecing these two different worlds that I have together Mm -hmm. and building different skill sets from my corporate career and what I'm learning about business through that and leadership through that and like the practical hands-on application of baking Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, to kind of eventually collide one day in my dream career in some capacity. I don't exactly know what that looks like, but I'm learning. I'm taking pieces similar to what you're just saying right now is I'm taking those separate pieces to build on Mm -hmm. each other and build things together. Um, which I think I didn't really intend on doing, but I'm recognizing that's happening Mm -hmm. or I can take this skill set that I'm learning Mm -hmm. in my role now. It's funny. Quick, quick caveat to that is, uh, so going back to like the the question about like okay do you do you try to plan for things uh, more than just doing the things mm-hmm. um, that that particular idea came to mind at some point like within the past few months of just like okay how can I like systematically make these steps so that way like getting new experience somewhere can build on a different goal uh, which is like really hard to like mesh yeah. together um, and just kind of like a like that's a whole rabbit hole in itself, but that's just what that reminded me of. Yeah. Um, and you also answered uh, a, a question I wrote down about like, okay, it seems like, you know, you have an end goal or an end purpose in mind. Uh, I was going to ask like how Carvana, um, how Carvana like is helping you into that end goal of like being like a restaurateur or like having your own mm-hmm. space. Uh, but it, it, it sounds like it's just like the, you know, the day-to-day skills of learning about the business and figuring out how to help yourself and others achieve whatever goals or projects that they have. I'm also learning people in that role, which I never would have thought of for myself before. I tended to think that people were the worst. Um, and turns <laughs> out, they are. <laughs> turns out it's the thing that I love most about my job and the mm-hmm. thing that is most engaging about my yeah. role But what you were just talking about and like planning for how do you kind of like build those stepping stones in, I never realize in the moment or really plan in advance Mm -hmm. for the lessons that I'm taking away from my current job and how they can apply to my goal there. Like it always happens retroactively where I'm like, wow, I really, I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot and all of these things that I now I'm thinking about, oh, I can apply those to running a business and managing people. And I still, part of why I'm at Lux too, is to learn about the restaurant business. I have worked in food in college, like as a server, as a hostess, but I've never run the business side of things. And that's something that I'm really interested in Mm -hmm. and hoping that they'll mentor me in, in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, because I feel like 
knowing that is kind of important going into it because yeah. the restaurant business is so risky fickle. and yeah. yeah, fickle is a great word for it. Um, so I'm trying to just like gather as much as I can and yeah, think about the future brand that I'm trying to create, which is a lot harder than, oh, <laughs> than yeah. I thought. Oh yeah. So how does, um, I think it's really cool too, that you took like this eight week course at SAC mm -hmm. to, to sort of like further your skills, uh, kind of similar to what I was asking about, like wanting to start at Lux or like what the tipping point was for Lux. Like what, what made you decide that like doing this extra thing was, was like, you know, the right fit for you. So I really want to go to culinary school. I think the nerd in me just loves that idea. I love learning in a school setting. Um, and I know that I would be very successful in that type of environment. Um, this was a very low risk way to dip my toe in the pool of, do I want to try this? Mm -hmm. Um, do I actually think I'll learn anything or get anything out of this class that I can apply towards my future? Or do I even like going to school mm -hmm. anymore? Like it's been a while since I've been in school. Yeah. Do I even like that? Um, turns out I do nothing in that class was necessarily groundbreaking. I learned like some tidbits and like the actual techniques and practicing mm -hmm. was the best part for me and some of the connections I made, um, were great too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it pointed me in the direction of like, yeah, this is something that's interesting, but do I want to go spend 60 K on culinary school? Yeah. Cause the problem for me is I don't want to just do the pastry program. I also want to do the cuisine program. Like I cannot decide between the two mm -hmm. and I think they complement each other very well. So, um, I couldn't just do one. You yeah. have to do them all. And that's like a, a big Decision. risk going into a career path that doesn't pay as much. And mm -hmm. like, that is something that like the security side of thing is mm -hmm. something that is front and center in my mind. Um, and probably has slowed me down from just like going for it, diving full in, mm -hmm. um, which is like a whole thing, but, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was gonna, so two questions with that. The mm -hmm. first one, um, why, so in, in terms of like moving forward, why, why is, uh, and th this is just me speaking out of ignorance, but like, what, what are you going to be getting out of uh, culinary school from either the pastry side or the cuisine side that you wouldn't get from just, just doing, doing the it? thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this. I suppose, like, aside from, like, just the obvious, like, clarity of things that you just didn't know. Yeah, I think there's exposure to a lot of things, like technique and all of that, which is what you're referring to, exposure to what mm -hmm. you didn't know. Um, I think through school, you can gain a lot of connections and partnership opportunities that you might not necessarily have access to on your own. So I think that is a tremendous plus and this is like a lot of assuming and like some experience um you get access to a lot of things that you might not necessarily have mm -hmm. just doing things on your own um the other piece that and this is 
I don't know how I feel about this. Is it like the, um, the status? It's the status piece. The other piece is the status. And like you went to Le Cordon Bleu, like mm-hmm. you know your shit, which isn't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Like you can still go to Le Cordon Bleu and be shit at mm-hmm. whatever you're doing and all of that. Right. I know that I personally would not be, but there is a level of prestige and status that goes with it. And that's like a whole nother, right. We could go down a long tangent yeah. on that too. Um, which goes back quite a long way for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I have actually a really interesting dichotomy of interests, I think, because I love the process of baking. I love doing that. I love giving people baked goods and doing all of that. But I actually really care a lot about like actual health. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't, I try to eat minimally processed things and, um, pay attention to my overall wellness. So Mm -hmm. I think about like pre-packaged things like Trader Joe's. Everybody loves Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's. <laughs> However, a lot of the ingredients that they use and a lot of their baked goods, one, I think make things taste crappy because you have to make them shelf stable, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That works. And a lot of people don't even notice. Mm-hmm. I can tell because I pay attention to those things um, where it just makes me not feel very good. Right. Yeah. And I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. So I minimize the processed things that I eat. So the things that I bake, I'll have one and taste it. And as I like experiment through things and then I give a lot of it away because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't have a sweet tooth necessarily. So I just want to share it with mm-hmm. other people. Um, but I care a lot about like what goes into it and the quality, like you can for sure taste quality, um, and the things that you eat. So it's kind of an interesting, um, dichotomy because I love, I love baking, but I also love the better for you options that are harder to create are harder to sell because people are like, Oh my God, are you kidding? Like, why would I pay $6 for this or whatever? Um, which is, generally the way that artisan things go but Mm -hmm. yeah so you you actually touched upon uh two questions i wrote down Mm -hmm. so the first one was like do you uh ever like enjoy the stuff that you make or like eat it and if so like what what do you take away from it do you try to focus on like okay do i i just i like this cookie because i enjoy cookies uh and want to see if it tastes good or do you are you a little bit more critical of it and way critical (laughs) i'm so critical i cut you off before your second question but i'm going to answer that one first so i don't get distracted Uh, Um, i have it written down so it's fine i am definitely more critical especially when i'm experimenting things I want to taste everything that I expect to taste or I want, if I have never tasted it before, if it's something I've never tried before, whether I'm making it myself or I'm buying it somewhere, Mm -hmm. like I want to taste everything that's in there. I want to close my eyes and have an experience Mm -hmm. and see what, see what's there and see if it's listed on a menu, can I taste everything that's listed here as a flavor profile? Um, I think I have a pretty complex palette, so I can 
in wine identify some of those flavors mm-hmm. and in dessert like I can taste those complexities and it makes a difference like those cookies that I brought are brown butter chocolate chip brown butter will fucking change your life like <laughs> it's just a different richer I'm flavor gonna, I'm gonna try one right now you should t- I would love that experience captured on uh, audio I'd like to hear about this that's another thing too is I like a really chocolatey chocolate chip cookie yeah. So I tend to do more chocolate and the ones I actually had left over at home were the ones from the bottom of the bowl. Let's hear it. I'll give you a minute. And lay it on me. Full critique I'm too. <laughs> I'm say I'm tempted to just not say anything. Because they're terrible. <laughs> you can leave your review after I leave. I wouldn't take another <laughs> bite if it was terrible. But you know what's interesting? So since we were just talking about like critiquing and stuff and experimenting, I think it's what's interesting about home baking in particular is that a lot of times there is variability. Like sometimes these cookies are more spread out and flat. This time they're puffier. I don't really know why. (laughs) I can't tell you why. I don't know if it's I refrigerated the dough for a little bit longer this time. Um, maybe Less a little eggs. extra baking soda got in, so it's puffier. Um, so that's like something with variability at home. Maybe it's the temperature of my oven. I don't know. So yeah. something that I'm always kind of like, hmm, I wonder why it did it like this this time. Because sometimes I try and get that poofier cookie and it turns out to be the flat day. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Feedback. Okay. Feedback. Um, I hate that you brought them here because I am going to be compelled to eat all of them. Uh, I don't feel like I have like a, a sophisticated enough palate to actually pick out certain flavors. Mm-hmm. Um and that could also just be the the tequila, um, <laughs> but um, I I think that there's a really good balance between like the sweetness of the the chocolate chips and the sea salt that you put on top. Uh, and initially, when I took the first bite, I was thinking that it was uh, like a little bit crispy, at least for my preference. But mm-hmm. like the further that you get in, like you, the the inside is actually pretty chewy, not, not chewy and not soft, but like chewier mm-hmm. to where it's like it's like i want to eat more and um, that's a whole thing too like mm-hmm. sometimes it's more crispy sometimes it's chewier well, and the first thing i noticed too when i was like sifting through the boxes is like damn these are pretty girthy t- cookies <laughs> <laughs> well i will say they freeze pretty well too so if you don't get through them like today or tomorrow which mm-hmm. there's a lot in there so don't make yourself sick over it because i definitely have <laughs> um just freeze them I mean, I'll probably take them to. Oh yeah, a party take them to. If the I party. end up going, I don't know yet. <laughs> I take them to work a lot, so um, mm-hmm. I'll just tell you they're crowd pleasers. You'll be the favorite person there, especially if there's already drinking happening. They're like, oh, oh yeah, cookies. I oh, mean, God, we're not yeah. drinking at work, but mm-hmm. they're crowd pleasers. Um, so in, in the in the realm of like being open to growth or challenging yourself, mm-hmm. how often do you expose yourself to critiquing? all the time. Oh yeah. I always want feedback. I actually take 
My dad is my go-to sampler, mostly because I know he'll try anything. Um, he even tried last year I made a fruitcake and fruitcake is on his no fly list. Like one thing he will never ever eat. And he's like, if you're making it, I'll try it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he did. And he's like, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Not something I'd pick out for myself. And I wholeheartedly agree. Like for me, it was the process and kind of forcing him to eat it. Mm -hmm. But I love critique. I love feedback. Even in my day-to-day job, I'm like, what feedback do you have? I'm almost like thirsty for feedback, (laughs) even from the people who um, report to me. I'm like, how can I do better? Like, tell me how I can be better. And maybe that's like too much. So I'm trying to find a balance there. But I'm always trying to be better in some capacity. So what do you take away from what I said about this particular cookie? Honestly, like... A lot of it is uncontrollable. Okay. And my, like, I don't know what it was. So I like, I literally would have to make another batch and see how it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I'm very familiar with this recipe at this point. Like I n- know that sometimes it's poofy. Sometimes like maybe it's just the time of the day. Mm-hmm. It's a little colder now. So <laughs> whatever. I don't right, know. Yeah. Um, that one I would literally just have to make again and probably I wouldn't refrigerate the dough as long or I would let it warm up more. Okay. But I love feedback all the time. <laughs> okay. Even even like the really bad feedback. Like what if I was just like this is way too dry? I, I would that. be like, why? What like what are the things you don't like about it? If you said it's too dry, then I was like, Okay, maybe I put too much flour in it. Let's go try again. And that's really what it is. It's like it's the ev- ever evolving experimentation because basically you can't fix that cookie you just go do it again i actually remember what my 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 question was my original question was going to be um so like and this is probably local to like this particular recipe Mm -hmm. um but like do you have like a sort of like baseline in terms of like how this should turn out in your mind i think these ones were a little puffier than normal. Mm-hmm. I usually see a little bit more spread. I eyeballed the size of these ones a little bit more than I normally would with a working cookie scoop. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, end all be all. They're they're great. Okay. I'm definitely gonna eat a lot. I of won't. Them. I won't be offended if you're like, nah, I'm okay. I'm I'm really not offended by like people have different palates. People like different things. Like I'm not offended if you don't like it, but I want to hear why. Gotcha. So that I can be better. I'm honestly not a sweet tooth either, for the exact same reason that you said. Like being um, health conscious about health. And that's uh, not even it for me. Like I will eat. I love chips. I love French fries. I love popcorn. Mm-hmm. But I pay attention to the food that I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Does that affect like your experience at, at a restaurant? Like no. <laughs> right now, um, I like, I've been on a fitness journey, so I, mm-hmm. it's been great because Ryan hasn't been here, even though I do wish he was here. It makes it a lot easier because I was able to be more restrictive, be, um, more focused on my goals faster. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that I wouldn't get there in general, but it was faster yeah. than I would have been if I incorporated a lot of socializing or going out that is normal mm-hmm. in our life. 
Um, but at a restaurant, like I'm going to get what I want to get mm-hmm. because I enjoy food. Food is an experience and like I want to experience all of it. Gotcha. Nice. So, uh, on the original question, I said that like you had touched on t- two things. Mm-hmm. The first question was, uh, do you, uh, try the stuff that you bake? Um, and what do you take out of it? And the second one that you mentioned is that like kind of going into like talking about ingredients specifically and like the quality of ingredients. Um, like when you first came into, like you mentioned that like, Oh, like I'm not usually a tequila drinker, but like when I was at the grocery store, I'm like, you know, if I'm going to have this in solidarity, I'm doing that because like I, I would feel bad if I was the only, or if you were the only one drinking it. Um, don't feel bad. And I also want to, you know, just branch out a little bit. Mm hmm. If I'm going to be making something like this, then, like, I want at least, like, some higher quality yeah. tequila versus, like, bottom shelf stuff. We all know what bottom shelf tequila tastes like. <laughs> Come on, we want to taste. Yeah. I think that's probably why I don't like tequila or, like, I have That's why that. I don't like vodka or it took me a long time to warm up to vodka. Yeah, because of the, what is it? The, the plastic jug. Yeah, I don't even I know the brand. That. Whatever that is. I don't remember I'm sure either. there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, like, so, like, picking up like a better quality tequila uh or just like kind of anything in general i've been kind of like on a a kick of that and i think that's Mm -hmm. also like another sign of just getting older at least uh for me it's like transitioning from the mindset of just like okay just get get like the cheapest or like the 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 biggest quantity yeah the value pack yeah Mm -hmm. um and which there's something to be said about that like that's totally appropriate a right, lot yeah. of the time, but when mm-hmm. you're paying more attention to it, yeah, uh, like especially with um, so for for me, I also like cooking, so like I'll go out of my way to get like higher quality ingredients, like mm-hmm. some for instance, like I eat eggs every day. Getting yep. higher quality eggs is like game changer for sure, and also they they physically look different. Yeah, uh, like you know, they're I'm sure you know they're the like, dark yolk. Yeah, they're like. Uh, more of an orange than a mm-hmm. yellow. Uh, that's like, that was monumental when I was like, you know, I'm going to try like these $8 for whatever <laughs> eggs. Uh, and then like when I cracked it open, I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is vibrant. Like yeah. this is, it's just crazy. And it tastes different too. Mm-hmm. But like it, sort of uh, taking that philosophy of like quality over quantity and applying it to other things in your life. So like I said, like I spend most of my time over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so investing in like, a standing desk or even a better quality chair. If I'm going to be using it for eight plus hours of the day, I might as well make it worth it. Mm -hmm. Or even these mics too. Like, uh, these are great mics. Yeah. Like when I first started out, I was using these like really shitty ones that were tabletop. And over time, like it was just the sound quality is just completely different. And I would find myself like not really enjoying like editing or I'm sure that listeners probably don't like it either. <laughs> like the earlier ones, you can you can definitely tell like there is so much background noise and it's just obnoxious. And the recent ones, it's not really like that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just kind of taking so the the whole that was a really long winded like segue into asking you like. For you, when you're baking or you're choosing out ingredients, how do you, uh, one, go about that process? And how do you show, like, respect for those ingredients, if that makes sense? Oh, interesting. Showing respect for the ingredients. Honestly, sometimes it depends. Like, if I'm making a small batch, I will go for the higher quality ingredients. Um, 
without a doubt. If I'm making a larger batch, sometimes it is just, it's more cost effective, especially if I'm not like selling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go for a less expensive version, but still like a higher quality. Like you could straight up, you can just taste it mm-hmm. or I can taste it. And that's what matters to mm-hmm. me. Like you might not be able to tell, but yeah. I can tell. Mm-hmm. I know that that butter was just like Kroger brand, which for most people is fine. But mm-hmm. I like fancy butter. I like fancy salt. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like fancy chocolate. Usually I did use chocolate chips in this, for example. Mm-hmm. Usually I like a mix of bar and disc in it. So like I chop up the bar and I use the discs because chocolate chips have um, additives in it that help keep the shape so mm-hmm. they don't melt as nice. Um, and I like melty things um, a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I think with that too, like you said that you wouldn't sell it. Like if you're bringing it to, you also mentioned like if you were to take it to uh, work as a crowd pleaser, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, I'm sure most of those people wouldn't be able to tell the difference either. Not really. <laughs> They're just have like, who doesn't love free food at work? Honestly, right. like yeah. that's a big thing. Like you sh- th- those people should be appreciating the fact that you brought in baked goods versus like, Oh no, this is, this has got too many chocolate chips or whatever. They're always appreciative. And I always welcome, um, constructive criticism. <laughs> I think I just get a lot of joy from the experience of giving as far as like respecting the ingredients. I don't know. Does, yeah. Does that question make sense? So like expand on it for me. Uh, sure. Well, Like, I think about this whenever I, pretty much whenever I'm eating meat or especially cooking meat, um, I want to, like, like, because I eat meat, I want to be able to, how do I, Like, respect the cow that it came from? Yeah, like, this was a living being at some point. Um, it, It was slaughtered in whatever way it was. So it should be up to me to, like, cook this thing to the best of my ability or same thing with like um how it's sourced with like from the farmers uh like if you're if you're this this particular vegetable was locally grown and this farmer was particularly struggling like how do i how do i hold the integrity of said vegetable uh so that way it's like upheld in whatever my end product is that's actually really interesting and i've never really thought about that perspective quite as much um about like honoring the animal after or honoring the ingredient after Mm -hmm. as much like I I think about it maybe in a different light of I want it to shine Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think about like that specific animal I do think about like the quality of like how it was raised like when I can like grass-fed, grass-finished beef, like mm-hmm. pasture-raised eggs, that kind of thing, or chicken. Um, makes a difference in the flavor of butter and milk and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do care about, funny enough, because my major was supply chain, my thesis was about local sourcing and barriers to local sourcing. Mm. Um, and it was terrible work. I really did not care very much about it. I just was trying to get it done and like Mm -hmm. begrudgingly did it. Um, but I can appreciate a lot more of it now, but 
supporting the local economy, like the money stays in the economy when you spend it locally, Mm -hmm. um, significantly more than if you're like going to Starbucks and spending your money there, which Mm -hmm. is fine. I also like Starbucks, but I, when I can prefer to support locally and would like to get better at buying ingredients from the farmer's market instead of Trader Joe's, which is incredibly convenient and inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Um, But to support that local economy, support the farmer who's doing it, who cares about the organic ingredients, it costs less to transport it and that impacts the environment and stuff like that. Um, I think I'm starting to think about those things a little bit more than I would have as a college student or a young adult trying to figure money and life Mm -hmm. out. Right. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Between the Soup. I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation. If you did, you can reach out to betweenthesoup.pod on Instagram to let me know what your thoughts were on the discussion. If you didn't like it, you should definitely let me know what your thoughts were so I can improve the show. Thanks again so much. It means a lot to me that you're tuning in.